Hey, friends. Welcome to the Fundraising Leadership Podcast with your favorite friends, dare I say. I won't say it, Margaret. Um, but anyway, your friends, Margaret Katzkan and David Landruli, here on a cloudy, rainy, 50-degree day in Naples, Florida. How's it there for you, Margaret? Um, it's sunny and very cold in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> There's some snow on the ground and, uh, yeah, it's very pretty, very pretty out. Well, Margaret showed up, uh, uh, on the video today with some, uh, bedhead hair. And I just said she was reprising <laughs> her. I, I said she was reprising her eighties look. Yeah. Uh, which was yeah. ironic because I was sharing with David that I spent the weekend, um, in sort of a mini informal reunion with a bunch of uh, high school friends, which was, and I realized I'm dating myself anyway um, from the 80s. So, yeah, well, that's when so I we thought we talk. We thought we talk about the 80s a little bit and see where it goes. For those of you millennials and and Zen Zen Gers or Zen Zen Zers, Gen Zers. <laughs> Gen, I, like Gen, Zen, I like Zen Gers better than Zen Gers. I like that better too. I'm Gen a Zen Geer. We did a poll. They might also prefer it, just saying. Okay. And of course, the boomers out there in the audience, you, you, you might have some children or who sort of were on the part of that 80s uh, scene, or you were part of it in a very I mean, the 80s in New York City was, for the boomers, that was like a, a, a cocaine-induced high scene, I think. Yeah, big, big time, I think, for clubbing. and Or, like, it wasn't called clubbing then. It was, But it also wasn't discos, so it was, like, something right. in between. It was. It I was, was too young to get in legally, just saying, to any of those places back then. <laughs> but I, I do listen to First Wave on the satellite uh, XM. And, you know, I do remember... In high school, I think Pat, uh, not Pat Benatar, but uh, another another one from that era. Yeah. Um, oh, who am I thinking about? It's going to come to me now. Uh, Joan Jett. Oh yeah, Joan, Joan Jett, Jett came to like. Uh, there was like a. Um, this was before anybody knew about Joan Jett, and and she came and performed at like an outdoor venue in 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 the town where I was going to high school, Limbrook, New York, and. Um, I still remember that. <laughs> I went to very few concerts, but that's one. And then I'm listening to like Sting and I'm, I'm watching. Uh, this is another thing that triggered. I, I got lots of memories from the 80s. So <laughs> I read the I read the uh, books, the trilogy of Dune uh, during the 80s. Mm -hmm. And for those of you uh, involved with pop culture uh, might be aware that there was a film by David Lynch in the eighties um, that uh, sting was in it and he paid somebody super creepy. Yeah. He was kind of creepy. The whole movie was kind of creepy. I don't even want to get into the parts of like the, uh, the beings that were the uh, time travelers, the, 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 the guild, those things were really freaky looking. They were like in this, like kind of like floating in uh, uh, fluid and, they had like, I don't even want to say it's a mixed audience, but um, anyway, the spice thing was all related to the drug scene that was going on back in those days. And um, but there is a remake that has that came yeah, out. Yeah, just 
came out a couple of years ago, maybe two, right. two years ago. It's away. really good. Really, really good. And so you can't really see me, good. but I'm making a face. <laughs> I know. Well, David can see me. <laughs> Margaret's not really a film person. I'm more of a film person. That's not true. I just found I found the first dune so dark that I, I had to walk out and I didn't make it through the second version either. Well, so maybe it's, it's just also not my story. Dark. It's 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 dark, but it's it the new version is more it's it's a gesture position because it's it's kind of sci-fi and future, but there's a lot of like brutalist architecture in there. It's kind of like it looking back, it's kind of like modern, but ancient, like these guys fight with swords, you know, I mean, it's very interesting. And yet they yeah. have these really modern, like force fields that they use. It's so weird. Yeah. I mean, that's Yeah. Anyway. It was a little, it was a little weird for me. It was a little dark for me. So, um, but it actually, um, it has me doing a little segue and we can go back and talk about the eighties if you want, but it makes me think of a leadership question. Yeah. See, I knew we'd get there on any yeah, topic. Yeah. Um, and the leadership question is just around like, okay, I abandoned the movie early. Like for me, that arc was done after about 22 minutes of watching the movie. But I missed out on something, right? Like if I had stayed for the whole movie, maybe I would have had a different opinion. And um, mm -hmm. it's just sort of this interesting question about like, when when do we leave? When do we say enough? Or when do we stay and see what's ahead? It's kind of a, a thing that's, that's a been question. on my, my mind as, you know, from my some of my clients. Yeah, right that's now. a good question. I've never walked out on a on a film um wow. that i paid money that i paid money for and i've never <laughs> i've never well that's not entirely true most recently i started a a, a sequel uh i can't remember this it, it, the first movie i liked it was it was a sequel and the sequel sucked and i just it was like on yeah, it's just easy like on amazon or netflix to just say okay yeah this is not going where I, you know this is just not my thing but this was already the second movie, right? So I completed the first movie and, and it's just the second one. Oh, I think it's called, uh, wait, oh gosh. Anyway, sometimes my memory doesn't serve me very well anymore, but I, it's a good question. Like I tend to be someone I think who will stick with something to completion and then choose whether I'm going to watch the sequel or not, or whether I'm going to read the next book or in my case, write the next book, which by the way, folks in the audience, stay tuned. The next book is uh, pretty much finishing touches are on it now. Ooh, and, that's uh, exciting. I want to hear what I, I'm totally diverging now because Margaret's also <laughs> in, this is a very divergent podcast. It's going to become that now. Um, and Margaret is also uh, in the throes of a, of a book project i want to hear where you are with yours and then this is kind of in the realm of like do you finish do you complete yeah um i will i will complete this project i will i will say that i will i will complete it for sure um it is well okay actually this is a, this is amazingly related because i had to take a pause from my writing because it was feeling pretty dark and emotional and sometimes the writing is very cathartic for me you know it's very therapeutic but Are you then, saying that I would walk out on your book because it's dark? Well, no, I'm saying that I have not exactly walked out on my book, but I'm in the I'm in the lobby buying popcorn at this moment um, on my book. 
but it also um, what's clear to me is that it needs it actually needs a second skin. I need to go back and um, and find some lightness. Like I've really done the therapeutic part, and now what it wants is actually more humor, more goofy, more stories that make people smile, that make me smile when I remember them. And so I'm I'm eating popcorn and I'm transitioning myself from some of the very the harder, more poignant stories and pieces uh, you know the drama and now i'm gonna right. go weave back in something that that has has it easier for people to stay and watch the whole movie <laughs> maybe you could even weave in some stories from the 80s that were i know the 80s was maybe a tough time for you i i know part of your life story and um but i would be and some of us i i know for me i, I for a long time i think i blocked out a lot of that uh, part of my life um yeah i'm gonna share if it's okay something sort of so actually this is a this is a fairly personal share here but on my weekend with many of my high school friends who were congregated this weekend and we were in the desert in utah and um i sought out a man who we we dated senior year of high school and I wanted to sort of revisit a little bit. I wanted to share something with him that I hadn't shared that had happened before we met. And mm-hmm. um, and I did that. And there was something actually, this was profound because I think I've looked back on that time with not a lot of nostalgia, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as I spoke with him and I remembered, like he's a really A plus human. Like it was so fun to reconnect and it was so validating that even... Mm-hmm. Even in high school, you know, there was wisdom in me. I did a lot of unwise things, but there was also wisdom in me and surrounding myself by people who were loving and funny and smart and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And anyway, it was a, it was an interesting perspective to look back and find actually more sweetness Mm -hmm. from that time than I normally give myself, you know, as I recall, as I recall that period. Yeah, that's good. I like that. It's it's um in this topic that we're talking about today, which we had no topic when we came on, other than let's talk a little bit about the eighties. David just hit record. There was no point <laughs> here. I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> that's why it's a little rambly, but we did come on a topic here of uh called completion and arcs uh, in our lives and in our work. Um and uh, what I'm hearing you say is that there might have been something incomplete imp- in that relationship that you had an opportunity to complete um, while you're still alive and um, with that person. Um, yeah. And yeah. he was, yes, he was receptive and he felt, I think, honored, you know, that that I went back and like, you know, reconnected from from back then. and. Um, yeah, I do. I think there's this way sometimes when we remember things that we we sometimes file them in our brains, you know, with with one word on the file, you know, in this very simplistic like that sucked. I know that's two words, but, you know, or or bad experience or mm-hmm. or hard, something that was hard. And then when we get more skills and we get a little bit older, sometimes we can look back and see it with more colors than just the one well it it's bringing up some work that i did uh uh, through landmark um where 
certainly in the Landmark Forum, they encourage you to look at your life and um, see where there might be some incompletions in relationship. Mostly this is around relationship we're talking about here. And I think when we, gosh, I didn't, this didn't like even come to me until I was in my like mid to late fifties, like this whole idea of completing the past um, and that you can actually do that in the present. You can complete the past. Yeah. Um, the way you did in this relationship. So it's really about relationships. So so I know in my own life, um there are still some incompletions. Um and even if the person is not alive any longer, you have an opportunity to complete with that person. Say whatever you need to say. So that, and you may have to say it very, you, like, for example, forgiveness is one of the practices of completion. So you may have, you may be carrying some, some guilt or shame around something you did or did not do in that relationship. And you can forgive yourself. Or maybe that person did or said something to you that, that hurt you. And you can forgive that person. Uh, you'd be surprised how long we can carry around resentments, and they, those resentments can run our lives. So, who knew that we were going to get into completion? But I, I, you know, I still I'm trying to think if there's any. There, there probably are some things from the '80s that I'm incomplete about. So, as as we're talking about this right now, I'm going to take a look at that decade and see if there's anything. I want to complete uh, in terms of relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And probably there's a relationship with bad hair that needs to be completed also. <laughs> forgive, oh, here's a completion. Here, here's forgive like take go get the owl, go get the photo album, take a look at your bad hair, and forgive yourself for ever allowing yourself to have that hair. That's right. The relationship with hairspray. Like you just gotta forgive yourself. Like you it seemed like a good it. idea at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could actually sometimes um my first coach that I worked with, um I, I forget there was something that was incomplete for me. And I don't remember what it was because it's I've completed it now, so it's still not lingering around. That's that's the real um uh, gift in this kind of a, a an exercise that i'm going to talk about and I, i'm kind of get back to hairspray in a moment here so hang, <laughs> hang in there with me I, you know this is coach dave he's circling dallas he'll he's gonna land <laughs> he's gonna land here shortly <laughs> so my my coach graham coppin who um is now a front of the room leader for um the coactive institute uh had me write down whatever it was I wanted to say about this incident, you know, I just write it down in like a note to myself. And then he had me burn it. Um, and Margaret's shaking her head now, like she kind of knows this kind of practice. It's a good practice. So, you know, if there's something that's incomplete uh, for you, and if it's just the fact that you use hairspray, you could just look, Light the lighter and spray the can of hairspray till it's all burnt out. 
You see, you will have okay. completed your experience with hairspray hair through fire. Right, but please do it outside with a fire extinguisher nearby. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. But actually, that was a good practice. I, I, um, I think that's a way of like really making it tangible. Like you write it down. Like here's what happened. Here's what I would have liked to have happened. Here's you know how I I felt hurt. Here's I forgive. I forgive myself. I forgive the other person. And then you just you just light it up and let it go. Yeah. Well, burning something is is a completion, right? It's it's yeah. finished as it was. It's it's uh, it's no longer in the form that it was. And I think right. the intention of burning things, whether you are literally burning something or doing it in a more metaphoric way, it's, it's a strong statement of intention. You know, mm -hmm. like I don't want to mm -hmm. do this anymore. I'm finished with this. No, and does it mean that? Even in an ongoing relationship, you know, something happens and uh, um, you can, I, I do this with my wife all the time, right? I mean, um, you know, I might have said something that hurt her feelings or, uh, well, I'll give you an example. This happened last week. Um uh, Margaret knows that I'm um, somewhat protective of my children. That I feel like safety, their safety, is my priority. And yes. um, I value for you. Yeah, safety. and yeah. and I don't need to get into the story of, uh, about why I'm I'm that way. Um, but my wife's a little bit more laissez-faire in how you know she is with our children. I'm a little bit more. I'm a little bit more tight. She's a little bit loose. And um, anyway, my daughter, my younger daughter, uh, uh, called us last week saying, as my 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 younger daughter gets very enthusiastic, and she's like, "I'm gonna go on this retreat, and it's it's gonna be in South Central Texas, and we're not gonna have any cell phones, and you know, and by the way, I don't check on my kids, I don't have any trackers, I only let them, but I just got completely triggered knowing what I know about what's going on in Texas right now. I was like, I just lost it, man. And I was like, you're not going on any freaking retreat out in the middle of nowhere in southwestern Texas, driving five hours. Uh, anyway, we navigated. But I and then my wife was like, yeah, you know, a little bit more laissez-faire about it. And I got pretty I got pretty upset. So I, I apologize to both of them. And we actually talked it through a bit more. And I actually got a, an email from the pastor. So this is like uh through a church where my daughter does some Bible study and explain more of this. And my daughter explained more of the situation to me, you know, while she calmed down from her enthusiasm, Oh, I'm going with these people. And, you know, there's going to be four of us and it's going to be safe. And, you know, this is the, here's an email from the pastor to tell you what it's all about. And so I apologize for my getting, uh, I wouldn't say angry. I would say, well, there was a little bit of anger in there, but it was more like just like very uh, hyper vigilant. That would be it. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like I don't have a hyper vigilant, but when it comes controller, to yeah. a little controller in there, a little too. controller in there, too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But that's so um, I apologized. And that's how you can also complete 
Apologies are really good tools for completion. Yeah. I found. They are. Sometimes they're not enough, but wow, are they a great start. Yeah, it's true. And if you've earned, like, uh, there's a um, Stephen Covey saying about putting deposits in people's emotional bank accounts. If you put a lot of deposits in somebody's emotional bank account, as I, as I have done with my wife and my daughters, uh, um, I think you can make withdrawals that are unskillful at times and uh, replenish the account with apology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. From the 80s to completion. To completion. <laughs> and I think we are we are complete. This, this. I think we're complete. And look, if you've got something that you're holding on to, something that that's keeps coming up in your psyche, that's incomplete, write it down and burn it up. Yeah. Or reach out. We'd love to talk with you and help help you find some more skill to navigate a hard situation. Yeah, and here's the thing. Margaret and I are, if you're being particularly hard on yourself about something that you did or you didn't do, this is uh, not all that helpful. And Margaret and I are expert at helping you deal with that inner, inner critic, and we'd love to help you with that. And in particular, I work with a lot of clients around this practice of forgiveness. And um, I've actually guided uh, clients through that. And it is a practice. And I'd be happy to help you with that too. Yeah. All right. Take care. Good.